Champions Mojo is part of the CG Sports Network. When you hit that moment of authenticity, when your ego is completely gone and you're just raw and that's and, and what you say is what you say, there's something happens. It's like, I know what happens. People cannot look away. They're captivated. They're just, they, they, they stare at you and it's like, what's going to happen next? Welcome to the award-winning Champions Mojo, hosted by two world record-holding athletes and health, life, and leadership coaches. Be inspired as you listen to Conversations with Champions. And now, your hosts, Kelly Palace and Maria Parker. This episode of Champions Mojo is brought to you by RISE. Maria, did you know that athletes with mentors are more likely to attend college, have increased social and emotional development, and improved self-esteem? That's powerful, Kelly. I do know that teenagers with a mentor see greater long-term success. Exactly. That's why we are excited to partner with RISE. RISE connects teenage athletes with Olympic and elite mentors. And it's simple to get started. When an athlete goes to the easy-to-use RISE website, they can select a mentor and the subscription that works best for their schedule. They even get a free session with an Olympian or a pro athlete mentor to start so they can see if it's the right fit. Athletes can schedule their weekly one-on-one sessions, chat anytime, and get started on one of the most important relationships an athlete can have. RISE is offering a free introductory session for any athlete who signs up. Visit rise-athletes.com and start your mentorship journey today. Hello, friends. Welcome to the Champions Mojo podcast. And as usual, I am co-hosting with Maria Parker. Hey, Maria. Hi, Kelly. It's great to be here. I'm excited about today. Yes, it's great to see you. And we want to give our guest the great introduction that he deserves in a moment. But first, let's welcome him to the show, Mel Stewart, the one and only. Welcome to Champions Mojo. Welcome. Well, thanks for thanks for having me. This is this. I, I'm I just I, I'm I'm always going to be your recurring guest. I'm calling it right here. <laughs> I expect to come back at least every other guest you have. You can have a Katie Ledecky. Then Mel Stewart. Mel Stewart. I love it. That sounds good. To yeah, us. that Mel. That is that is absolutely a, a, such a beautiful vision and one that you know. I hope you're you're back sooner than a hundred shows because that's just Maria's going to hit on that. We're so excited uh, to really welcome you to the show and to be talking with a 1992 Olympic gold medalist in the 200 meter butterfly, the co-founder of Swim Swim. Mel has worked as an Olympic analyst for ABC, NBC, ESPN, TBS. Since 2008, Mel has worked with USA Swimming as an ambassador. He's got great stories with that. Um, Mel has obviously figured out how to be a champion and a successful businessman, which really is interests me. Um, Maria, can you give our listeners just a little more background on Mel? Sure, Kelly. Besides being an Olympic gold medalist, Mel was a world American and NCAA record holder and has been an innovator from way back. He was a pioneer in becoming a professional swimmer back in 1991 when he turned pro after his junior year of college at the University of Tennessee. And Mel's just getting better with age. He was a guest on Champions Mojo over 100 episodes ago, and a lot's happened since then. So let's get started. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Yes, Mel, great to have you here. And and so as we alluded to, a lot has happened, and we want to start out with just the first, like right off the bat, if you could just give us one kind of paragraph of how you would sum up the last year of your life based on, on the pandemic. I think a paragraph too much. Do it in a sentence. 
Uh, okay. <laughs> Paragraphs. Uh, um, like poetry. Uh, the past year has been about connection and intimacy and, and, and learning a deeper level of patience. Ooh. Yeah, that was good. Good advice, Maria. Get in in a sentence and Mel did it. <laughs> of course. Yeah, so so now that uh, you've done the one sentence, uh, can you just expand on that a little bit and, you know, tell us what, what you've been up to, what you've learned from that and what, what do those deep words mean? I've always wondered what life would be like when the pressure cooker was, was on. And I've always wondered what would happen. I always, I always felt as a child, it's like that, that wars were behind us that um <clears throat> that the tough part of, of human evolution was was is it was in our rearview mirror and that we were figuring it out and life was getting better i mean we were getting cell phones got to a point where you could have every single song you could ever want in your entire life on one device um connection then you know we move into this 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 era of time where everyone can be connected anywhere on the globe so it kind of felt like, wow, we're, 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 we're getting soft. Life's getting too easy. And I always felt like there wouldn't, there wouldn't be a high pressure moment and God, you know, I'm, I'm sorry. I thought that way mm. because I, 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 my personal opinion is that this is, um, this is definitely a world war two moment. One, two, uh, this is definitely a, um, this is worse than a, than a stock market crash. Uh, I think, I think we've, I think we're, I think we're, we're, we're experiencing a moment in time that is, um, that, that's made people a little crazy. And I wondered how I would, how I would manage that. And, and the way I've managed it is I've, I've been, I've been married for 22 years and I have a great daughter. And, um, so we managed to keep our business going and we feel we're, we're proud of that, but we, but we've gotten a lot closer. I've gotten closer to my wife during this time and it's, so I, I feel a lot of comfort and, and, uh, feels like a reset, but I, anyway, I'm, I'm meandering, but it's, it's been one of those years where you, where we go deep inside. I think if you used your time correctly, you go deep inside. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's that I, it's interesting. You know, when you were talking about that, it reminded me of my sons who felt like they missed out on the great glory days of, you know, being a soldier, you know, whatever, you know, they've read historical accounts. And, and, and what you've just said is that, you know, this, we're in, you know, a great global conflict. <laughs> um, and that, that's, I, I, I love that. Um, and, and then, you know, you, in the, your first answer, you talked about connection, which you just elaborate on with your family, but then you also talked about patience. Would you like to, could you elaborate on that and, and maybe extend that out from you to the rest of the swimming world and the rest of the world? You know, you know, the beauty of swimming is that it does teach you patience. The beauty of swimming is that you can have what you want, but you're going to have to take these teeny tiny baby steps to get there. You're going to have to be committed over a year. You may not swim 365 days a year, but even in those days where you're doing nothing, you're benefiting because you're you're, you're recovering from work you have done and you're trying to quieten your mind and focus your mind. It's, uh, but this is a whole new level. Um, I, I'm, I'm, I'm thankful that I'm not an, a, a, a currently competing athlete. Uh, I don't know how I would have fared. It's, uh, so I'm, 
I expected it to be a bloodbath after we came out of the shutdown. I expected uh, last summer to see swimmers, you know, they, they eventually got into the pool. And I, I, I expected, I cautioned our team at Swim Swam saying, look, you know, they're, I'm expecting some really slow swims. And in our business, we critique those swims and we break down those splits and it's very cut and dry and black and white. And, and that, I just wanted people to come to the page with some compassion. And I was wrong. What we saw was that the athletes, the, the doors opened up and the athletes somehow had spent less time in the water, more time doing dry land training, more time doing other things. And they actually swam very fast. So it's, I don't think that I, I feel like, I mean, I always think I have a huge ego and I feel like I'm the smartest guy in the room. And then in the, and then especially in swimming. And then I always, I'm always reminded I'm not the smartest guy in the room and I don't know everything and I'm always learning something new and I'm always being surprised. And uh, it's part of the reason why I like being in this space, the Olympic space, the swim space, which I think is very much so connected to, to everybody just as it, cause we're just a piece of the culture. So Mel, you, you love your gold medal Mel videos and predictions. And then you ask the swim, swim community, you know, what do you, it doesn't matter what I think. What do you think? Um, so I'm, I'm not asking you to make a prediction, but can you tell us like overall, what have been the good and the bad of this pandemic for the swimming community? And what do you see ahead in the Olympic year here is our, our trials going to happen or the Olympics going to happen if they do happen, just kind of general, if you can address the kind of the good and the bad and, and what you see. I think, what, I think what we've learned is that, um, you know, and you, you can talk about this. You are, you were, you were a distant swimmer. It's uh, we, we were, we lived through an era uh, cause we're peers, same era. We lived through a time where people worked so very hard. And as we've evolved out of the seventies and the eighties and into present day, um, athletes are very much so, uh, they're, it's, they're, they're not training to swim in second gear. They're, 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 it's like they're rehearsing for a performance. So they're laying down the neural pathways to swim fast, to, to have perfect mind body connection. And, um, we, and, and in our time, we just, we just, we just, we were grinders. We were grinders. And uh, so we've seen this evolution to present day because 2021 is the future. And the pandemic has told us also that for as much as we've evolved outside of the pool and on the dry side in terms of just uh, being physically more powerful, uh, we're learning, we're learning that, that we can, we can make a lot more gains there. Uh, athletes came out and out of, out of the pandemic from doing a lot of intense dry land training and they had benefits that they, they were surprised to have one of it being specific, or if you want to get real nerdy with it is that they were able to hold their body position in the water. And that's always a concern because you, if you've been out of the pool, you come back to the pool, you don't, you don't have that connection and it's body position and the, this, the intense dry land training, um, they didn't lose anything they gained. Um, so I think that's one half the, of the, of, of an answer, but I don't think that was the other half of the answer for, cause I think you put a little uh, extra spin on it. What was the, what was the other part? So, of um, so the, the good of that was they, you know, they've strengthened their core, they're streamlining, they're, they're higher in the water. What do you think the worst thing that this has done to swimming and how, and how do we kind of resurrect that? 
I think that I think that the the loser in this is is it it comes back to capitalism. It comes back to um, it comes back to something that we've held sacred in the sport, which is college swimming. College swimming, you know, it's uh, on swim swam. We do this thing where we 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 start reporting commits. So kids would they, they commit to college, and uh, we I, one year I think we did three or four hundred, and then the next year our editor in chief did over a thousand. And he goes, I think there's 1,500 or more out there. We need to do them all. And I'm like, I'm tired of seeing them. <laughs> and, uh, and, he, and he's like, you know, Mel, that's a little bit egotistical. And, uh, and I'm like, okay, I, I agree that I'm I, guilty. And uh, he goes, look, everyone who swims, you know, typically they're swimming so that they can reach a moment where they can swim in college and they can have that experience. And that's their gold medal. Got it. I understood it. I got it. So we, 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 we dedicated ourselves to doing every single commit post that is provided. We reach out, we try to get them. And so college swimming is, is very unique. It's almost like a religion in our sport. It's this sacred cow and it is, it matters greatly. Um, so capitalism, uh, where that figures in is that athletic directors, they're looking at these non-revenue sports and they're seeing an, a window. They're, they're exploiting the pandemic to, to cut these non-traditional sports. And we, you know, another layer and iteration of that is that, you know, the beauty of swimming, the big selling point of swimming is that if you're a woman, you can achieve exactly what a man can achieve. And we know that if women com- compete in college and they participate in sports, they end up being leaders and they're, they're hard driving, just out there making it happen in the world. And uh, that frightens me. Because it's, uh, I think this has been a, a, it's been a cultural buoy that we've taken for granted, and I do think colleges are taking advantage of it, and uh, that worries me. So that's a loss. Long, it's a long, it's a long-winded explanation of a loss during the pandemic. Is that quantifiable? Can you say, oh yeah, the number of uh, commit, uh, you know, things we've reported on is thirty percent down, or? It's, it's small. It, 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 the reality of it is it's not nearly as big as we, we think it is. And, and, and part, part of the reason is that when we, so we've seen it happen slowly. It's already, we've already been in the process of this on the years running up to the pandemic. And then when the pandemic happened, it, it's as if we had a dozen happen all at once. And, uh, they, but they've, they've been, that's been stopped. It's been stymied. Uh, via lawsuits over Title IX saying, you know, you can't remove the women's team. And that's oftentimes will give some breathing room to uh, the women's team will be in, reinstated and then they'll, uh, the alumni will have raised money to also support the men's team. So the reality of it is, is, is it's frightening and it's scary, it's scary because we're looking down the road going, wow, this is, this is, a, uh, this is, um, this is a trajectory that we know that colleges want to take and we don't want to lose it. So swimming as a whole has actually fought this very well. It's like, beware of, of messing with, um, with swimmers. They're typically great. They're great students. They have great careers and the alumni can be fierce. So the reality is yes, it's happened more, but it's, it's, it's not nearly as much as people think it is. And the last part of that question is, uh, what are your predictions for NCAA's and Olympic trials and the Olympics? I mean, are these, you know, what are your thoughts on that? 
I, I, I'm not, I'm not hundred percent on NC2As. I think they're going to happen. Uh, let's call it. I'm, I'm not, if I have to, if, if, so we're all entering the house of the swimming casino. And uh, <laughs> here we go, Mel, you're betting on NC2As, you're betting on the Olympics. Um, I would, and I, I would, I would bet on the NC2As happening and I would bet that they will happen. And uh, I'm, I'm about 87% there. Olympic Games. I am, if you had asked me back in December, November, December, I would have said 95%. If you'd asked me a few weeks ago, I would have said, um, you know, January-ish, as all this negative news came out, I, it, it, and, and news of the variants, the COVID variants, I, I would have dropped it down to about 80%. But based on, um, what, based on our contacts at the International Olympic Committee, USOPC, FINA, USA Swimming, I'm, I'm more 98% on the Olympics happening. There's news that's going to be coming out uh, ahead of this podcast going live um, or, or shortly after this podcast goes live that's going to make people go, oh, 99% sure this is happening. It's, it's gonna, it looks great. The outlier is, 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 is the concern is the, is, the, is the Japanese culture. It's Tokyo. It's the news that they don't want this. And um, a lot of that negative news has come from people outside of Japan, but it's, uh, I can, I can give some more detail, but that I'm, I'm, I'm more bullish on the Olympic games happening for some, a few key reasons. There's going to be a bubble. That'll oh, be that that's, that's awesome. Yeah. So that'll be probably bubble. already be out when this comes out, but yeah. So, so Mel, um, you know, in preparation for this interview, so we could get to a, a little a even deeper layer of Mel. Again, your episode number six of us was so rich and so deep there. Like you answered so many questions about Mel, but we, we actually talked to some of your friends and some people in the swimming community to request, hey, if you, if you had an hour with Mel Stewart, what would you want to know? And I have, we've, we've got a question here. So um, one of them is, you seem to appear to us, to your friends, to people in the swimming community that you have never lost that edge, that competitive fire, that I want to wrestle, you know, Ryan Murphy to the ground kind of thing. And so how have you not lost that? And, or I guess to phrase it positively, how have you kept it? And uh, tell us about it. Okay. Um, I'm going to preface this by saying when I look around at Olympic peers and I see Olympic peers who have gold medals, multiple gold medals, five, seven, 10, 12, <laughs> 28. Some of those athletes, I look at them like a Aaron Pearsall or a Matt Biondi and, and a little part of me hates them. And, <laughs> I like and, that. and not for the reason that you think it's not because they have more medals than, than I do. It's because they seem like they, they look like they're artists in the water. They look like it's effortless. They look like they are that they are doing something that just flows and comes with ease. And, and that wasn't my experience. My experience came from deep, deep, deep insecurity and deep, deep, deep. Uh, I, I was trying to fight back against the world and fight back against this image that I thought the world had of me. And, and I find that um, for most Olympians, something, something went wrong in their life. Could be dysfunction in the family 
could be that they were bullied. It could be, uh, it could be anything. And, you know, for me, I'm checking every single box. But, uh, so the, I, I've been hyper-competitive since I was a child. Um, I have been in therapy since my, since 27, um, almost weekly, uh, ever since, because it, it, it's, it, I can't turn it off. And, um, so it, yes, it's positive, but it can also be problematic. It doesn't work in the real world all the time. So it's, uh, for me, the, the, the challenge has, has been how, how do we make this constructive and how do we keep this from being something that is damaging or dysfunctional? Probably didn't think I was going to go there, but that's where I'm going. No, I, I think it's great. That and, is a great and, answer. Yes. Yeah. I would just, you know, ask. So y- your sense is that you, your the resistance that you were fighting is what what gave you your wins that you had to work hard against this resistance and that some people don't have that. They're just natural and it's easy for them. And those are the people that you mentioned maybe being jealous of, <clears throat> but then you went on and said, well, but you know, I think that the truly great people, you know, they are. <laughs> and, and I think that's true based on 107 episodes of talking to swimmers, <laughs> great swimmers. Like, you know, there's a lot, there often is something that, that they're fighting against. Um, but so, and so, so I think a lot of us have that, you know, we have, you know, the dark side and the resistance and the need to prove something maybe. Um, and, you know, you said managing that is what is what you've spent your life doing every week in therapy, right? <laughs> so can you give us maybe just some hints for those of us who, you know, haven't been in therapy every week, you know, how do we manage that, you know, even competitiveness, you know, that can be destructive, you know, or, or, or not, you know, I, I, I struggle with these things myself, myself. So just for clarity, um, being in, and try to be journalistic here, I should say that um, I have been in therapy. Like I, I have had periods where I did go for six months, but then I'll end up going back. <laughs> That's fine. And, and You've gone enough. Year, You've gone enough. <laughs> a lot of years, in a lot of years, I've only gone, uh, you know, once a month or twice a month. Um, and it depends on where I'm at, you know, it, 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 and so the, uh, yeah, it's, uh, I've lost, I, I lost the thread. Okay. So, so, you know, last time we talked to you, you mentioned yoga, you know, you, you mentioned, you know, just trying to be aware of yourself. You mentioned connectedness. Um, so, so you're asking me how I've managed this. Yeah. I've managed. Okay. Yeah, Cause you're coming a, across kind of as a very wise person. And I, I mean, when I listened to the, the last recording, I was like, man, this guy, he's got it. Help the rest so you, of us get it. I, 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 I find that, um, I, I think every day you swim is a better day than a day you didn't. Um, I, because I'm, I mortgaged my childhood to the, to the water in many ways. Um, cause it went a long time and it was very intense. I don't always want to get wet. So for me, the, the same sort of emotional high, it's slightly different, but this, you know, the same sort of horm- chemical and hormonal thing that's going on in your brain. I get that from yoga. I like that as a man and as a woman, I think it's important to keep, uh, to keep our weight bearing exercising going. Uh, I am a, a meditator. Um, I'm somebody who likes sensory deprivation tanks. I like to meditate. Uh, I like my alone inside my head time. 
Because once you crack that code and you're forced to, as a swimmer, you're forced to be head down in a submerged, quiet world. Um, if that comes full stop and suddenly you, you don't have that time, I think it makes you. I think it makes you a little bit wonky. And uh, can can I and, just ask you how you you know <laughs> what I'm really curious about is when I'm alone and those I'm in my head. There's lots of times it's dark. Like when did you when did you learn to deal with the darkness in there? I the um I went through I haven't had darkness for a long time. Sometimes it peaks back up and I and I'll put some a very I'll, I'll make it very specific. The um so it, it's I I had a dysfunctional family had some really dysfunctional things happen and the there was uh I, it, just frightening. Um I didn't know when in my family if um I, I, my mother was unpredictable. She was, she was a, a competitive person driving force, super bright, definitely the leader in our home, but she was erratic and, and, and could, it was very frightening. And I can unpack that more if you want to hear it. So I had to go through some, some, uh, a lot of therapy and I, and I didn't really get my best therapy probably until my early thirties. And I started doing EMDR and it cleared out a lot of that, that stress that, uh, so it cleared out that trauma that was holding in my body. And suddenly I had this peace about me. So the darkness um, really fell away at that point. And uh, ever since then, when I, when I go to my quiet place, my quiet place is a process. And it's a few different things. Uh, I, 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 I do, I can immediately dip in because uh, on one vacation in particular, I had this moment where I was in, at, on a beach in the Caribbean and the water was about eight inches deep. So it was just like, I was just on the sand and I could hold myself there and I could look down toward my toes out to the, you know, the abyss of the ocean. And it was calm at the time. So, and it was a starry night and I was seeing the stars in the sky and the stars in the ocean. And I can go to that place and just be there and present. And that's a, that's a, that's a blissful place. And, and, and another, another thing that I do is, is I, um, I will, I will travel. So I'll travel. I will go to my place and then start to go up from my bed or the chair through the roof into the atmosphere to the moon. And then I start passing the planets and then I get beyond our solar system out to the Oort cloud and I'm, I'm traveling. So I, I do that. I do, those are my two go-tos in terms of meditation to, to sort of go. It's a, it's my warm up to get me to the place of nothingness. And, and that's, that's, those are such good tools. And um, we had a guest on Dr. Martin Rossman, who has, he's, that's what he does, Maria. You know how he, he does that people with, to do that, right? He takes people, he says, find your, your most peaceful place. And then, and you've created it there, Mel, laying in the water and, and flying up above. So I, I just, I hope people are listening that, you know, you, Mel, have learned this and you've been very successful at managing a traumatic upbringing with tools like, if, if nobody hears anything else from this, the yoga and get exercise and meditate and get to this place. So that this is just um, really getting in touch. I think with all the technology we have today, we don't have quiet times. We don't really listen to our thoughts. So th that's just gold. Um, I know it's going to be part of our takeaways, which we love to do. Um, and so Mel, you, you mentioned this earlier. We would love to know what is one common myth about 
Mel Stewart that you would like to debunk or discuss? I think that they're all true. (laughs) (laughs) Well, then I I would say a lot of them are that you're brilliant and kind and hardworking and super successful. So, uh, but is there, is there anything maybe even just about you or your profession or anything that, you know, Hey, people have it wrong. Tell us. And I, I think that, um, Hmm. I, this is what I think. I think that when there are myths out there about you and you're worried about people saying something, I think you should just lean into it and go, yeah, I think so too. That's me. Yeah. <laughs> I, th- I think you should, I think you should live with it. Especially uh, if they're nice myths. <laughs> I, I will say this as an athlete, when I was a kid, because of the situation I was in and um, it, I was very angry and I was hyper competitive and I was hyper competitive to the level of, of being an ass. And, um, and I, you know, I, I would imagine like in my head killing my competitors. I was just intense. And um, that, that wasn't, I wouldn't I would say I wasn't the, the best teammate in the world. So, and I had a period of time away from swimming. And when I came back, I had to, I had to earn some people's trust because on the dry side, coming back to the sport and any term of support, any, any, any level of support or any position of support, that was a, you know, people weren't you know, a lot of who knew me were, were not really sure if they like they weren't sure if that would work because they didn't trust me because I could I could take your head off if I needed to. And um, wow, so I had, to, I had yeah. I had to spend some time I had to spend some time saying I've been in therapy, <laughs> I've been working on myself. I had to do that. I had to do that with a lot of friends. Yeah, to re- I love it. Rebuild that, yeah. relationships. That's that. Is yeah. And that, that it brings us to one of the people we spoke with because we know he is one of your heroes is Rowdy Gaines and literally ask Rowdy, Hey, Rowdy, we got Mel Stewart coming on champions mojo and you know, you guys are close and, and, you know, Rowdy says you're, you're like a little brother to him and that he, 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 you know, the one word he used over and over was brilliant, brilliant, brilliant. He's brilliant. Um, and then uh, I said, you know, gosh, what, what do you think our listeners would really, you know, benefit from hearing? And, and I, this is, you alluded to it perfectly. How did you, you know, you were such a, you know, obviously Olympic gold medalist in swimming, and then you left the sport for a long time and you came back. How did you rebuild those relationships, which you just alluded to? How, how does one do that if they've really ripped it in their life and they, <laughs> they got to get back? Well, it was, it was, it was twofold. <clears throat> the one was, uh, I was so competitive and, and, um, I had, to, I, and, and that didn't end, that didn't end when I got out of the water. And, uh, so I, I had to, so I had to do the, the, the apologies with people who really knew me. And, and, and the truth is at the highest levels of swim, whether it's your peers, coaches, you know, you could leave for years and years and you come back and it's the same people. And it, oftentimes they're in positions of power and influence. And um, so that was a real thing. I really had to come back and, 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 and make some apologies and make some explanation and make explanations. The, uh, but secondly, you know, no one, you leave for a period of time, you're, 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 you know, you're a nameless gold medalist. And um, by, because of my, where I grew up, growing up on the grounds of Heritage USA, uh, you know, my father was an assistant guy Friday to Jim Baker. My mom was a nanny to the, to uh, the kids working under Tammy Faye. And you guys are probably old enough to remember that. Oh yeah. Growing up in that mm-hmm. city, I grew up in a television channel. Our, my, the city I was living in was a 24 hour network. 
I learned how to sell and I learned how to brand and I learned how I understood that it was in my skin. So I, I had a, I knew what to do and swim. And, um, so, uh, and my, the, so did I, did I unpack the gold medal mail name when I, when I was here in the last podcast? You did. Could, you did. Yeah, yes, so yes. That was an easy thing to do. And the, and then it was just, uh, talking to everybody who wanted to talk about swimming. So I, I, I unofficially, I decided when I returned to swimming that I would be the unpaid president of swimming. So if you want to talk to me, you want me to talk to your kids, you want me to talk to swim parents, talk to a coach. I gave everybody every second of my time and um, it worked. So that's, that's, yeah, that's great. You worked your way back in by being completely available and making your apologies where you needed to and, and rebuilding. That's that's a great story that, you know, that anybody who's stepped on toes or whatever, you know, we can go back and, and fix that and, and be a leader in the industry, but your competitiveness hasn't gone away. Right. I mean, you want to be swim, swim, right. You, you want it to be number one, you want to win you, you know, so how, how do you channel that in a better way than you did as a young, young competitive swimmer? You know, the, the beautiful thing about, um, uh, swimming media, particularly when, when it's our type, it's, um, and, I, and I'll make this distinction. I, I love what you guys do. I, I love that, that I like that. It, it feels like a piece of gold. It feels it, it's sturdy. You're having a conversation that matters and is weighty. And it's a, that's a unique piece of media, highly rated. And it's, um, I love it and value it, but I, I know what, I know what our business is and our business is scale and it's an, it's an enormous amount of scale. And that is, uh, there's a parallel with that, with, with swimming and particularly in swimming 200 fly, which is that you, you can't really hide in swimming and you cannot hide in a 200 butterfly. You have to throw a lot of work at it. So I'm very good at doing a whole lot of work uh, around some things that are very repetitive and very boring. And that's very reassuring. And, um, and if, so I, I like, I like those parallels. I, that, that makes sense to me. So it, when I'm dipping into the swim swam space, it feels like I'm dipping back into the pool doing repeat 200 butterflies. But in the, in the interest of the, 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 the authenticity section is, you know, you still want to win. So how are you managing, you know, your oh, competitors, just, you know? So you, yeah. You, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. <laughs> that, 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 that's what matters. So, uh, there's this thing that goes on in my head and it's um, it's that if, if, if someone starts walking next to me and we, we head out over the Sahara desert um, you know, you have a grab, you, you grab a bottle of water. I'll take half a bottle of water and um, you're going to die first. It's uh, it's that mindset. It's um, I'm, 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 I'm just going to keep going and keep going and keep going. So in business, the, the beauty of business like swim is that um, people rest. They take time off. They can't focus all the time. So I'm, I'm looking at trying to put more focused time, efficient time in a specific area and do it more days per year. So if I see someone else doing something, I think, okay, that's what they're doing. And that's pretty cool. Okay. I'm going to do that times 10. Mm-hmm. I've got to do it times 10. It's not enough to win. You got to do it times 10. That is really intense, Mel. 
that is, but how do you reconcile that? This is a great topic because we have a, you know, we, we have a lot of swimming listeners, but we have a lot of, you know, adult business people, surgeons, people, you know, that aren't, that aren't in the swimming community. And they, so let's say that one already has that fire, that competitiveness, that, that ability to run through a wall. And yet you're balancing that with exercise and yoga and meditation and tea with Tiffany in the morning. And, you know, like how does one balance that for, for a life, you know, a, a peaceful and calm life? I, you know, the, what, you know, what you learn, what I learned in my, in my late twenties and my early thirties, cause I was, I, I would just work seven days a week all the time. And I, when I say work all the time, I mean, I, I would wake up and, you know, Sunday morning I was up, I was working. And, uh, if I'd get a workout in, it was a rushed workout and, and I would forget to eat and I'd, I'd stop at nine or 10 on Sundays. Um, so what I learned was that this didn't work, that you're not efficient and that you have to have those moments of rest. You have to have those moments of, of focusing. I, I'm very much so aware that you do not have moments of insight and creativity until you stop. And uh, the answers don't come. It's your brain just doesn't file all the information and pull together those assets and, and come up with this new concept. So I'm, I'm, I'm very sensitive and aware of that you have to stop and you have to almost be disembodied and, uh, and in this, in this state where you're doing something else, where you're transported and then answers come to you. And the beauty of that is you get the benefit of trying to be great at, at relaxing or trying to be great at resting. <laughs> and, uh, and, but it's a, so yes, there's a little bit of a head game and a, and a trick there, which is you're, you're turning your, your play into work, which is, I've been accused <laughs> right. of that. Yeah, I, I know this is, I got it. We got to keep on this for just another second because I'm going back to your analogy of the two guys in the desert, <laughs> you know, and, and so when you're looking at your toes and the stars, you know, um, in the Caribbean, isn't the other guy getting ahead? Um, the question is, it will, oh, I, I, there, there's so many ways to, to, to talk about this. Human beings. The, the one thing. I, the one thing that, that it, this sounds terrible. This is going to sound terrible, but it's oh, it's so juicy. It's so good. <laughs> human beings are human beings, and they're um, you know if we have comfort, we we get lazy, and everybody gets lazy. And uh, and and knowing that information is uh, is very. It's it's fantastic if you're in a competitive in a competitive dynamic because you have the reassurance that the other side will eventually get lazy. And if we remember Muhammad Ali, we know what the rope-a-dope is about. So you're, you, you can, you can, people will think that you're taking a rest when you're not. Um, it's a, but I, but I, I will, I will say this, you know, another way to say this is if you're walking across the desert and someone else is walking with you, the question is, can you, can you do what you do in a meditative place? Can you do your work? Can you reach a certain zone in your work where you can actually go into autopilot and you can go in my case to that Caribbean beach, staring at the stars in the ocean while you're doing what you do, or can you drift into that and go there for five minutes and then come back? 
that's yeah. great. So the, ben- great so the benefit, yeah, is that you know you can get ahead by resting. I I think that's I think that's a gold answer. So and and also knowing that even while you're resting, you know your competitor, they need to rest. Well, you're and and they will after they rest, they'll go sit on the couch and eat potato chips, and you're not going to do that because <laughs> the laziness is addictive. Eventually, everybody does, and it's um, you know it's it's kind of silly. But uh, I've always thought of myself as a working dog. You know, there's like, there's like, the, you know, there's, there's all the different dog categories. And I'm like, I'm a working dog. <laughs> like, I'm not happy unless I, unless there's someone's giving me something to do. But um, yes, the, 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 the personal hurdle in my life has been, is trying to learn how to recharge and recharge in a way that is meaningful. And um I think you're preaching to the choir here. That's why yeah. we're that's why, that's we're, why we're asking these like, questions. Yeah, we're 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 work 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 working. Um, so so we started this podcast off before we uh, were recording, talking about the how important authenticity is, and this is just I would love to hear you drill down on authenticity and the just the question is, talk to us about the power. Of authenticity. This is the power of authenticity. And this is the beauty of authenticity. It is that in the world, in journalism, in art, you, if you're trying to achieve um, that great Pulitzer Prize winning piece, or you're trying to achieve your, your Grammy, your Academy Award, or um, you know, the beauty of, 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 of these pursuits, whatever it is, if it's personal or if it's professional, is that when you hit that moment of authenticity, when your ego is completely gone and you're just raw and that's, and, and what you say is what you say, there's something happens. It's like, I know what happens. People cannot look away. They're captivated. They're just, they, they, they stare at you and it's like, what's going to happen next? The beauty of sports, the beauty of sports is that we have that most of the time. Everyone, you put it all out there. It's the most honest, authentic, most authentic thing you can do, which is you just put it all on the line and whatever happens, happens. You get first, you get second, you have terrible, a terrible performance. So for me, I'm always trying to, in, ter- in terms of communication and in terms of our world and media, I'm always asking why. What's the why? What is the why? And then how do I explain the, how do I do, how do I answer the why in the most authentic way, period, end of story, over and over and over again, all day long. That's one way to answer it. Yeah, I think it's a fabulous way. We could go on and on talking with you. Uh, Maria, before we ask the last question, did you have anything else for Mel? I don't want to, if you were. Uh, Well, I, I did have kind of a question that came from the beginning of the show, you, you know, you talked about kind of during the pandemic sort of coming, drilling, you know, coming into your family, you talked about your family and uh, was there fear that you were going to lose your business? I mean, some of us have had that fear during the pandemic. I was, um, you know, the truth is in, in, a, in a media business uh, and when, when bad things happen in, in the economy, the first thing that you, the first cost that you cut is your advertising. And uh, so the, the, the answer is 100% absolutely yes, scared me. And, uh, and, I, and I grew up as, as you know, if, if you think about my family, the Stewart family, if you looked at my lineage, you know, if I had to like 
describe it, we could just sum it up and to say it's just trailer parks going all the way back to the 1500s. <laughs> Rednecks, <laughs> poor, uh, uneducated. So I'm this person who has escaped this 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 life and and have and have some some achievement, and uh, and I'm very insecure about it. You know, this is very new. You could, it could be lost, and absolutely all those all those triggers, all those fears, it was all there. And uh, I was. So the answer is yes. Uh, however, my wife and I also lived through the 2008 credit crunch. And we lived through the, the dot-com bubble. And, um, and we made it. So th- there, was, yeah, there were two things happening. I, uh, yes, abject fear, but at the same time, reaching a certain age and going, okay, I've, I've, been, through this, I've been to this party before, and we're going to survive. But, you know, but back in, in April... I didn't know if this was going to be a solid two years of darkness. Yeah. We, we, Maria and I call that the pile, you know, that you, you've been through tough things and you, you have a pile of stuff you've overcome and, and you can do it. So I, that's just a great answer. And very authentic. Yes. Very authentic. Yes. Thank you. We have um, the last question, which is always have, have we not asked you, well, what could we ask you that? Okay. Boy, usually we, we don't, <laughs> I don't bobble this. Is there anything that we have not asked you that you would like our listeners to know or to hear from you, Mel? I should have been ready for this. I it do was the on same, the list. I, I do this. I do the same thing. I know I do the same thing. And the problem is you get to that question. You just, ah, you move past it. You know, right. you, don't, you don't give it the weight it deserves. <laughs> Yeah, you one really more don't. minute here to tell us something you don't, really. You don't. You, this is what this is what they should know on on a, on, a, on a superficial level. I want to have a six pack for the rest of my life. <laughs> I want to have a six pack abs for the rest of my life. On a on a on a very a very very deep level, this is what I want you to know about me. The um, I, I want people to know where I grew up, and then I grew up in a, in a Christian city that was absolutely insane. And that the man that headed it up went to prison and my family fell apart and that I survived that. Mm-hmm. And that I have that I, and that I wrestle with, um, with the concept of, of the divine and like our place in the universe. And, uh, and that is always top of mind with me because it feels like to me <clears throat> as we arrive in 2021 or 2016 to 20 to 2021, it seems like all of those people <clears throat> from my childhood have now merged and morphed into a political party. Mm. And, uh, and I'm scared to death by that. That scares me to death because I know how that ends. Yeah. Yeah. Well, another beautiful, authentic answer. So we, we really, really appreciate this is, this has just been awesome and, uh, you're doing such an awesome job at Swim Swam, and and our conversations do get deep sometime with our guests. So we always like to lighten the mood. We have a fun round for you, but I do want I want uh, you to share. This is something just for fun as we go into the fun round. Tell us who your child would be if you and Coleman Coleman Hodges had a child. Who would that child be, Mel? <laughs> It would be Coleman Stewart. Coleman of Stewart. course. <laughs> Coleman Stewart, the dark horse and one of the greatest talents swimming today, our son, Coleman Stewart. 
So you, you, yeah, I think I told you about this a little <laughs> bit before. So, so when Coleman is our head of production, and whenever we see Coleman Stewart swimming, we just look at each other and go, "It's our son." There's our son, Coleman Stewart. I, it's so funny because I've put that together myself. I'm sure many swim fans have, and we've had Coleman Stewart on the show. And as a fellow NC Stater, I just, I love that because I love Coleman, what he's doing. Coleman Hodges, shout out to you, bro. Maybe we can have Coleman on the show. He's, he's really, he's such a, an icon in swimming. I mean, he covers these, you know, he is like on the ground. I, I consider him like a frontline swimming journalist of, there's just no one like Coleman. So to have him, Coleman Hodges, and then Mel Stewart, and then Coleman Stewart. It is just, I just think that it's its a great little uh, thing for swimmers. So Fun swimming humor. Fun swimming humor. <laughs> like the other swimming. So you kind of have to be bilingual for swimming humor, which is you, you've got to know Mel Stewart. You got to know Coleman Hodges and you certainly have to know Coleman Stewart, which is my husband is by my husband speaks nine languages, but yeah, he's, he's a, polyglot. Anyway, so there's a funny little joke, which is a swimming joke, which is what does a fish do all day? I mean, I, I would say swim, but uh... it, it's exactly nada, which yes, is swim. a fish does nada. nothing. And nada <laughs> means he swims. Okay. So Just there's nada. a bilingual swimming joke. If you want one, what does a fish do all day? Nada. Okay. So we are going to go into the speed round so people can just get to know some silly facts about you, Mel. Are you ready? Yes. Take your mark. Cat or dog? Dog. Red or blue? Careful here. It's, it's not political. That's the right. question. It's no, no, no. Oh, oh, my God. It's blue. We just said political, so I have to say no, blue. No, it's not political. I'm, I'm it's so just... blue. I'm, de- okay. I'm swim, swim red, but I'm politically blue. You know, we should throw orange in there for Tennessee, maybe. A lot of people pick their college. Okay, milk chocolate or dark chocolate? Dark chocolate. Kickboard or no kickboard? No kickboard. Mountains or beach? <sighs> Mountains. Me too. Football or baseball? Swimming. <laughs> right, that's a good, I, yeah, we should add swimming. iPhone or Android? Well. They, so this is it's a quick, quick answer. Yeah. I know nothing about sports outside of swimming. It's embarrassing. <laughs> I'm in a group of men and they make the assumption that I'm some sort of, you know, 200 sure. pounds, six foot two guy who knows <laughs> things. It. I just sort of nod and go, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, right, right. They assume you're a regular guy, but you're not. Yeah, I'm a regular guy, and I know nothing about what you're talking about. You're Olympic gold medalist, sports journalist. They think you know something, but that's great. Well, I I agree with you. Swimming, swimming all the way. iPhone or Android? Uh, iPhone, iPhone. Coffee or tea? Coffee. Sunrise or sunset? Sunrise. Okay, Maria's got a few for you. Well, favorite color. God, this is so hard. It's hard. I, I, what color I, I comes to mind? What, what color comes to mind when you close your eyes? Uh, deep, deep blue. Mm, nice. Uh, favorite pizza topping? Oh God, mushrooms. Favorite oh, veg- favorite vegetable? Sweet, but no, that's not. That's a that's a brute. Um, it works. Uh, probably, probably, probably kale or some. Form Don't overthink of, of it, Mel. Sweet potato is works no, just fine. Okay, okay, fine. <laughs> All right. Favorite swim complex in the U.S. 
now Omaha. Mm. With the, yeah, the, the temporary Omaha pool. How about after not temporary? University of Texas. Of course, of course. Uh, favorite music genre? Soul. Uh, shoe size? 11 and a half. Siblings? One, Kim Stewart. Never beat her in swimming, ever. <laughs> she stopped before I could ever beat her. It's, oh, it's good, like, smart it's like woman. the only thing I didn't accomplish in swimming. Is beating us. <laughs> we I need love to set, that set up a rematch. Favorite Star Wars character? Obi-Wan. Can you cook? Okay. I can make a mean grilled cheese. <laughs> mm. what, what word comes to mind when you dive in the water? Peace. I totally agree. Totally agree. Mel, I think this uh, episode may top the other one. It's just yeah. been been deep and, and rich and I'm a better person for it. Maria, how about me you? Me too. Me too. Can we just talk like once a week? Maybe counseling. We'll, just, we'll, we'll, just, we'll bring it back. Do, we'll come in. Group, group, counseling group counseling for the, for the, the, the podcasters world. And um, yeah, we give a shout out to the swim swim podcast, which uh, actually was coaching a, a uh, master swimmer this morning. I, he's, he's a physician. He's a surgeon and a master swimmer. And I said, I'm interviewing Mel later. What, what would you like me to tell Mel or ask him? He said, tell him I love the swim swam podcast. <laughs> so I said, wrong answer. I said, no, it's a good answer. <laughs> I mean, I'm competitive, but we we've talked about this, Mel, a rising tide raises all ships. And you know, it, the average podcast listener listens to five podcasts on their favorite topics. So it's all good. And uh, yeah, they you guys do. are doing it's, a great job. It, Champions Mojo brings a lot of depth to the sport. It's it, it's no one's doing what you what you what you both are doing. It's 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 unique, and it's needed, and it's uh, I'm a fan. Oh, thank you. Well, Mel. We're, That's we're, really nice. Obviously, yeah. we're a fan of you too. Yeah. So good luck. Uh, get that thank magazine, you so beautiful Swim Swim magazine, put together. I know you got to get off here and, and get busy. So thanks, Mel. Appreciate thank your you, time. Mel. Bye-bye. Bye, guys. Thank you. See Bye. you next time. It's now time for the takeaways. Maria, you and I have heard the takeaways are the best part of the show. That's right, Kelly, because the takeaways are curated information, which is what we give to our clients when we coach them. If you would like to take your performance to the next level in health, life, or leadership, go to our website and schedule your free 30-minute consultation. Yes, just click on our coaching page and book there. We're looking forward to bringing out the champion in you. And now the takeaways. So the takeaways on gold medal Mel, Mel Stewart, the great Olympian, great ambassador of swimming. I mean, he is just, uh, no wonder Obi-Wan Kenobi is his favorite Star Wars character. He reminds me a little bit of Obi- Obi-Wan. Yeah, fact, he's, we, he's extremely eloquent. And I mean, yeah, he, he has yeah. words down. I love listening to him. As yes. Ideas. So what was your first takeaway then, Maria? Well, I... I I was really interested, you know, I asked him about, you know, what, when you're getting quiet, you know, you talked about swimming and being in your head and having to take that time. And I said, well, well what happens if, you know, when you get inside your head, it's kind of dark. He said, well, I grew up with a lot of trauma and I, I had to deal with that trauma. I had to, and I, I think it's really important for people who have woundedness and we all do to a degree. I mean, there, we've got wounds from our childhood or wounds from, from, you know, but you have, you have to deal with that before 
when you close your eyes and you meditate, you can find peace because if every time you close your eyes, you're, you're dealing with the old monster, you know, you're not going to get peace. So I, I thought that was a really good bit of wisdom. Get, get help, get the professional help, friend help, religious help, whatever you need in order to deal with those wounds or traumas from your youth. That would be my first takeaway. What would be your first? Yeah. On, on that note though, I think, I think that's, I think that's a great one. And, um, yeah, de- dealing, digging that out and letting that wound heal is, is, is fantastic. So my first one has to do, it's separate than that, but you, you find that wound when you're silent. So my first one is just how much um, it kind of ties in between listening to your thoughts. So having that time when you're really not doing anything else, you're not listening to a book, you're, you're really listening to your thoughts and, as he said, almost drawing yourself up above, you know, like looking at yourself from above like this, I'm just, I'm silent. I'm listening to my thoughts. So that in combination with resting. So I, 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 it's Hmm. really twofold, but one, it will allow you to find the wounds and it will allow you to recover. Hmm. So I really like that Mel emphasized how valuable those have been to his success. Yeah. I I like that too, his description of his of his beautiful place was so evocative. I loved it. So that was great. Yeah. How about your second one, Maria? Second one I loved because it really spoke to me as an endurance athlete. You know, he, he, and it's a thread. It was a thread throughout the show and people, everybody should listen to the show because it was amazing. And we're only just barely touching the surface here, but um, is, is he, he believes that he can out basically outlast the competition that he is the hardest working person that eventually everybody else is going to rest and he's not going to. And then we kind of got into a discussion of rest because for him, he can rest even as he's working, moving forward. But, um, and I really, I love that attitude. It is such patience. It's such a long, you know, knowing that it's a long haul and knowing that, you know, if you just keep on going, eventually you're going to pick those people off. You know, I do these super long events and I never worry for the first half of any race because it all happens in the second half. So I think that's, that's just a good takeaway. It's like, if you, you got to stick with it, you got to stick with it. You got to be the one who just, you know, who, who looks at your, you know, at the competition out there and is always looking for opportunities and it's just willing to just keep, he said, he, he talks about it like just lightly, just slightly pushing that, just keep, you know, pushing right there, pushing right there. I thought that was terrific. Yes. The long game. I, yeah, I know you related to that. You know That's I'm a great, a great piece of advice. And my second one is just is authenticity. I, 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 you know, Mel is one of the most authentic people. I think that's why we love him. I think yeah. that's why people really love Mel. Yeah, it's like I um, said, you can't so, you can't look away from somebody who's being authentic. Yeah, and and that's it. That that they're the the takeaway is the power that authenticity gives you. That it's it's almost like the unforeseen oh, helping hand good. of the universe. Yeah, that's that good. when it you're really you power. you're doing your your own thing that it just makes you more powerful. So you're not trying to copy anyone. So I I just love it. It was like we, like Maria said, uh, listen to the whole thing. It's all great. And uh, Maria, what a, what another fabulous show. It's always great to be with you. And I love you so much. Oh, this is such a terrific thing for us, for me too. I I love you so much, Kelly. Love you too. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye. See you next time. Bye. This week's quote of the week comes from Mel Stewart. The beauty of swimming is that it does teach you patience. The beauty of swimming is that you can have what you want, 
but you're going to have to take these teeny tiny baby steps to get there. You've been listening to the Champions Mojo podcast with host Kelly Palace and Maria Parker. Champions Mojo is produced by Cobra Media, and a new episode debuts every Tuesday. Subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts and leave us a five-star review. Follow Champions Mojo on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Champions Mojo.